Yes, 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 people. Coming in with a little funk. It is Friday's edition of Chin Check. And as we do, we're going to look at a little bit of news. And we're going to look at the weigh-ins of this week's event. Overeem v. Saki UFC on ESPN Plus 34. Okay, so... Let's get with it. Okay, so Vanessa Porto, she was the flyweight champion uh, for Invicta. She's now signed a contract with Bellator MMA. And um, yeah, so she's relinquished the Invicta title. And uh, she's moved over to Bellator. No word on when uh, she's going to be making her debut. So Porto's record is 22-8. and And, you know, you think about she's fought a lot of names within the women's division. Roxanne Modafferi, Shireen Duranjame, Tara La Rosa, Jennifer Meyer, Pearl Gonzalez... Karina Rodriguez, Tonya Evinger. Now, some of them, yeah, she probably, like, the fight probably weren't at their, you know, their peak. Or, you know, they were still in the furly gestation of their careers. But, hey, victory's a victory, right? Now, my question is, is this a good move? Because when you, I don't know, when you look at it, Invicta put on, I mean, they've been in a normal calendar year, right? They'd have an event basically every month, right? So the opportunity for, for you know, female fighters to fight was pretty good with Invicta. Um... But moving over to Bellator, now, uh, I don't know, It's it, it feels like an odd a move, because your opportunity seems less. Now, obviously, look, Bellator is a big organisation, they're owned by Viacom, they've got money, so that's the thing, and I think for a male fighter, A, it's fine, you know, even though, I mean, you, you, you know, like, the light heavyweight title wasn't around for three years, which is just so odd to me, so friggin' odd, but, yeah, for a male fighter, it's, it, it seems like a different situation, because if we look at the last few cards, okay, so, Bellator 242, Banjaris v. Petes, um, that one, um, when did this take place, this was in July, the 24th of July, so, on this card, right, you had, um, no, there were no female fights on that card, you know what I mean, no female fights on that card, which is what because they've got female divisions, so it's an odd thing not to put any female fights on that card. So 
Bellator 243, Chandler v. Henderson 2. Now, this one, we had one female fight. That was Valerie Lareda v. Tara Graf. Then Bellator 244, Bader v. Nemkov. This was a... um, no, this one had one female fight, Julia Budd against Jesse Miley. Um, it was a co-main event, but it's just still one. Because they've got, you think, right? They've got the featherweight division. They've got the bantamweight division. I believe they've got a strawweight division. I don't know. They but they've got a uh you know a flyweight division. So they've at least got three female divisions. So yeah, I don't know. So then what we go to um Bellator two forty five, Davis v Mashida two, which is taking place next week, the eleventh of September. So on this card it's a bit better this what time. There's two female fights. We've got Leslie Smith uh, via Amanda Bell. Um, that's featherweight. And the co-main event is another featherweight fight. And that's Kat Zingardo against Gabrielle Holloway. Um, it's a bit of a mismatch, really. You know, Zingardo is 10 and 4 and Holloway is 6 and 5. But um, I don't know. It is what it is, right? Um, it's the same with the Leslie Smith one. She's eleven, eight, and one, and Bell is seven and six. So then we go to Bellator two forty six. Our Coletta v Mix. So this is the following day on the twelfth of September, and um. This card has just got one female fight, and that's Liz Carmouche against Deanna Bennett. So, yeah, that's the thing. They, they just don't have many spotlight opportunities for the female fighters. You know, we see UFC cards, and you've got usually three... Sometimes four female fights on. Right? And they're happening more regularly. So there's more chance for the female fighters to fight. But it doesn't seem like that at Bellator. Which, yeah, it baffles me. I don't understand why. You know, especially when, you know, you've got, like... Sometimes they'll have male fights with... um. Yeah, guys with real, you know, just out of the amateurs, say. You know, not crazy records. So it's a bit like, well, you've got that fight. They're not overly, you know, advancing their career. You could have put a female fight. You know, you've got females with more experience. So you could have had that fight. In that slot. Like why. Why are there not as many female fights. 
I don't know. Yeah. So I I do wonder if um you know Porto be Porto being in um in Victor if that really was just a better platform for her to display her skills. But she might be, you know, now she's signed to Bellator. And I'm imagining, you know, it's uh, the financial elements of the deal are a lot bigger than the Invicta deal. But, right, it, you know, it's kind of like when you see a, a, a football soccer player move to a, a, a club where you, it just seems like a weird move, but you find out they're getting paid, you know, like, I don't know, say 150 a week, right, so they're getting a huge amount of money, but they're in a spot where no one will see them play, and sometimes you get, like, hey, even if, you know, a good player joins a big team, but the big team is already, they're already stacked, so you kind of figure that player ain't going to really get any time on the field. So they're getting all that money to sit on a bench. Which, how does that progress your career? And so that's that seems to be a little bit like this Porto deal. You know, yeah, it's money. But how many times a year is she going to get to fight? That's what I do wonder now. But um, I don't know, maybe everything will change Maybe Bellator will start throwing more female fights on the cards You know, maybe that will be the thing I don't know, but yeah It's an interesting one It's an interesting one Okay, so Mark Goddard He's continuing to be doing interviews And hey that's all good, man. And listen, I, I should quantify what I'm going to say with this. Mark Goddard is a very good referee. He's a very good referee. He's one of the best for sure. He's one of the best. But, <laughs> yes, there's a but, people. He can be so fucking condescending. And for me, that's the big issue with Goddard, right? Because, look, some people are saying, oh, he missed the eye poke. I can't believe he missed the eye poke. And that wasn't really the issue for me anyway, right? Because, yeah, like, if you're on the wrong side, yo, these things happen so fucking... Sometimes, you know, you're watching fights... And I've missed something, you know? And it's not until you see it on the replay and it's slowed down that you're like, oh, shit. I forget who it was. There was a fight recently. And I thought that the guy had landed a punch that put the other person down. No, it was an elbow, right? The, 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 the dude landed this real nice inside elbow Which put the other cat on the mat But when I was watching it I was like, oh, that was a hook But no, it wasn't a hook 
So yeah, these things happen so far sometimes. And it's just that sometimes it's an odd angle and you miss it. So it wasn't the fact that Goddard missed the eye poke. No, it was what he said to Cormier after the fact. Just like, no, it was, I think it was something along the lines of Cormier. No, it, it wasn't a poke. It was the fist. Yeah, you leave this to me and you just concentrate on the fighting. I was just like, oh, like that. What the fuck is that? Like, there's no need for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you just said, sorry, sorry, Daniel, I didn't see a poke, okay? So, you know, I'm, I'm afraid we can't stop the action. Fine. But it's just that condescending, <laughs> hey, you leave this to me and you just concentrate on the fighting. And, it, it, and that is the thing that irritates me at times about Goddard. It's this weird attitude that he has. And the funny thing about Goddard doing all these interviews, he's really trying to big himself up. <laughs> like there's a bit, he says, I'm not afraid to use the words wrong, mistake, difference, sorry, Whatever it may be, that's just me as a person. <laughs> Not everyone is the same. And it gets me in trouble sometimes with certain people. I won't stop doing that because from an ethical and a values point of view, it means the most to me. You're like, okay. All right, Mark. Okay. You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> that's what you're saying? You um oh there was another classic from him. And um yeah, this is it. So you come out, you put your hands up, you stand tall, and you say, I made a mistake there, and I don't know of any other sport or any other official at this level. With the UFC, it's the World Cup of MMA. I don't know of any other examples where an official would show that kind of accountability. And I'm just like, do you, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, Goddard? You're insane. This, this is the thing, right? So it's not just a Cormier thing. See, the other big instance with Goddard that really sticks out for me is um, when Marab Dalashvili fought Ricky Simone. Now, Goddard wasn't the referee in the ring, but he was the official on the outside. So at the end of that fight, I don't know if anyone remembers, it was a while back, man. It was um, UFC Fight Night 128, Barboza v. Lee. That was April 2018. But yeah, at the end of the fight, Ricky Simone, who Marab had, I feel Marab was just dominating for most of that fight. But at the very end, Simone grabs a guillotine. 
and I believe he got Marab in, he got Mount on Marab, but there was like 10 seconds left, and Marab was, hearing because he couldn't move, because he was in Mount, and so, but he was kind of, you know, rocking to show that he's, a, he's not out, right, that he's not out, he's awake, so that's what he was doing, and as soon as the fight finished, he got up, but Goddard told this, you know, the referee was um, Liam Kerrigan, he was just a bit like, oh, was, was that a choke? And, and I feel he was just going to go, no, nah, it just finished, but Goddard told him that Marab was out. It was just like, no, 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 I was watching, I looked at the cameras, no, he was out. And it's just like, he was, it was clear, it was clear as day that, you know what I mean, Marab was not out. But, yeah, Goddard wanted to stick to his guns and claim the, you know what I mean, the different situation. And, you know, to this day, Day, I haven't heard him. Hey, maybe he has and I've missed it, but I have not heard Goddard go, you know what? I got that wrong. I got that wrong. Or it wasn't really my place to try and change the referee's opinion of the fucking match. Right? That's the big thing there. So you have Goddard try and claim. It's all about accountability. Oh, yeah, I'm the only referee that will, will come and admit I've made a mistake. And it says, like, you you don't. <laughs> you, you don't. And it's not really the mistakes. It's this condescending attitude that you have. And in that fight, I remember when um, Ray Longo and Matt Serra were trying to talk to Goddard. Just his attitude. And yeah, he just has this condescending attitude. So that's the thing. It's because anyone can make a mistake. It's not the mistakes. It's the condescending attitude. Which is a shame. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, for the most part, Goddard doesn't really make mistakes. You know what I mean? As I said, he's a really good fucking referee. But, yeah, just just stop the condescending. And then everything's going to be peachy, man. You know what I mean? I don't know if anyone else has noticed that. But, hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But, yeah, I feel that is, that's an issue with him. Okay, so everyone has now weighed in for Saturday's event overeem v saki and um it looks like <laughs> for the first time in a few weeks we have no issues yep everything seems fine overeem came in at 252 and a half pounds and saki came in at 261 and a half Now, I think that does seem big for Saki You know, I can't remember what Overeem 
Wade in his last fight, but his movement in his last few fights has been good, so I'm assuming that if, you know, the weight is pretty much the same, yeah, he's going to be fine. So, in the co-main event, St. Prue hit 205.5, and, and Medifield came in at 204. Yeah, like, everyone else was, you know, it's pretty, yeah, just pretty fine, you know, every, no real issues, the one, um, situation that's a little bit unclear is, uh, the Brian Kelleher fight, so Brian Kelleher is scheduled to fight Kevin Nafidad, but Nafidad he gave a positive COVID test. I believe it was on Thursday. But then the second test came back as a false negative. So I I don't know what they're quite doing. If he has to do another test just to verify things. Now, another fighter did weigh in. As a potential replacement. So that's Ray Rodriguez. So if Natividad has to um, step out. Rodriguez will be the person that comes in for him. But yeah. As of now. Everything seems fine. So uh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always a bit just like, uh So that fight's been pulled and uh, that's not happening. So yeah, it's always a bit of a fresh breath air. A breath of fresh. Uh, a breath of fresh air when, yeah, there are no issues. So, um, you know, that's good. I mean, we did lose. Uh, the Nico Montana Julia Valley fight, and we did lose the Cigara Eubanks Carl Rosa fight. But um, yeah, other than that, we're all good. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, so although. No issues with today's weigh-ins. There have been things happening with next week's event. So that was meant to be headlined by Tiaga Santos and Glover Texera. But Texera is, um, he's tested positive for uh, COVID, unfortunately. So that fight has now been moved to the 3rd of October, um, which is the Holly Home Irana Aldana card. And that's going to stay the main event, which, you know what? I'm glad. Right? I did see a poll on um, Twitter. Asking people if they'd rather have the Santos Texera as the main event. And I do find that a bit weird. Because I like the uh, the ladies fight. Yeah, I think that's a really good fight. And um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a good thing, I feel, that that's still the main event. But, um, so, you know, UFC Vegas 10, it needed a main event, right? And it's got one. So, as, you know, I feel probably a lot of people expected, but the Michelle Waterstone-Angela Hill fight, which was the co-main, is now the main. And the big thing as well, they're going five rounds, baby. So, yeah, because you just think, recently, you know, where um, Ovin St. Prue, Alonzo Medifield was the main and that got pulled. Um, so the uh, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rackage got moved to the main, but stayed a three-round fight. You know, the ladies are just like, you know what? Fuck it, we're going five. We are going five and we're going to war. So, uh, yeah, that's good, man. And I'm not surprised. Because when you see, like, there's both post a lot, you know, a lot of their training on, um, you know, social media. So it always looks like they're out just, you know, going for it. So, yeah, doesn't surprise me that they are now the main event. Um, and it's a good card. It's a, it's a real fun card. Uh, the the crazy thing as well, we're also seeing, um, you know, a, another rearranged fight. So, where um, Julia Avilia and, um, you know, her fight got pulled from today's card. But, so, tomorrow's card, even. Where she was meant to be fighting Nico Montana. Because um, Montana tested positive for uh, COVID. And then, you know, Cigara Eubanks was meant to be fighting Carla Rosa. But Rosa, I think she got rushed to hospital due to weight cut issues. So now, Avelia and Eubanks, they're fighting on next week's card. Right, so, um, yeah, that's fun Right, so d- next week's card is now um, Alright, let's go from the bottom We've got Otman Aziz against Karma Worthy Sabina Mazo against Justin Keish Matt Favola against Roosevelt Roberts Brian Barbarina against Anthony Ivey Kyle Nelson against Billy Quantarillo. Frank Carmouche against Brock Weaver. Matt Schnell against Tyson Nan. And we got Julia Avelia against Cigara Eubanks. Which I kind of feel is probably the main event of the prelims. Then we got Ed Herman against Mike Rodriguez. Bobby Green doing his thing against Alan Patrick. Roxanne Modaferi against Andrea Lee. And Angela Hill against Michelle Walderstone bringing it all home. I also want to say, right, this 
points, you know, this highlights the thing I was saying earlier. Because, hey, let's look at this card, right? We've got Sabina Mazo against Justin Kitch. Then we've got um, Avila against Eubanks. We've got Modafferi against Lee. And Hill Waterstone. That's four female fights on the card. Four female fights on the card. You know what I mean? That's pretty, um, pretty big. It's pretty big. And I think that they do range three weight classes. Look, I believe we've got the straw weight, the bantam weight, and the uh, flyweight divisions on display there. So, yeah. That's great, you know? And, yeah, it does kind of make you wonder. Porto probably should have stayed in Invicta. But anyway, <laughs> that's next week's card. Um, UFC Vegas 10, which is probably UFC on ESPN Plus 35, I think. But, yeah, there you go, people. Okay, people, so, as we draw to the end of another episode, let's take a look and see what is happening around the world of MMA. Well, first of all, on the um, 12th of September, Ed Herman is... um, Yeah, you know, he's had a, uh, a lot of movement of his past few fights, but um, he has now got a new opponent, and that is Mike Rodriguez. Um, on the 17th of October, we've got uh, Mark Stiegel. He's going to be making his UFC debut against Saeed Namag. Namagoda dead of Oh my gosh. Um that will be on the Ortega Korean Zombie card. Um then you know it was rescheduled I think from next week but Claudia Gadelia will be fighting Yan Sinan on the 7th of October. And the following week, on the 14th, Ashley Yoda will be back in the cage. And she's going to be fighting Miranda Granger. Um, Some other big news. So it looks like Kamzat Chimave has finally been able to resolve his visa issues. And... um, It actually looks like he could be having two fights within a month If everything goes to plan So, it looks like he's going to be fighting Gerard Marshart On the 19th of September And yeah, if he comes out of that one unscathed He will be fighting possibly Damien Meyer on Fight Island 
So, uh, yeah, we will see what happens with all of that. But, people, that is us. We will, uh, yeah, we'll speak again on Monday when we uh, break down everything that went down at the weekend. All right, people, enjoy the fights and your weekend. All right, peace.